Good morning and welcome to the Weldon Green Podcast. Today I'm going to share with you uh, episode 158 of the Ask Weldon Show. And two things. First of all, the audio questions are finally, or all of the questions on the show are audio questions. So thank you so much to those of you who are calling in. And remember, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can you can actually get the Anchor app on your phone, anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. And you can call right into the show from that app. Um, and I will be able to essentially play it you know, on the stream, and I can also even reply to you in the app uh, with text message and with audio message, kind of like a snap, like if I were to Snapchat you back, but uh, only with audio. So be sure to check that out because we need more audio questions for the next episodes of the show. And then the second thing I wanted to remind you is that, um, and specifically today, we had an insanely good question that came out after the show during the live stream. So you can always check out the VOD of the full live stream if you want the audio-only experience. If you're using the Twitch app on your phone, so twitch.tv slash mindgameswelden, if you're using the app on your phone, you can switch it to audio-only, and you can actually watch VODs of the show as a podcast kind of straight from there. So that includes the chat uh, that happens before and after the recording of this episode. It's kind of like a nightly talk show where... You know, I go out and I hang out with chat, we answer questions, then I hit record, we do the show, and then I stop, we have more questions. The reason this particular VOD is interesting is because there's a really great question after the show that hits it the heart of kind of what my brand is all about. And I just wanted to make you guys aware of that in case you were interested to, to go check that out on um, episode 158 of the Ask Golden Show. You can find that on my Twitter or on my Twitch uh, TV VODs twitch.tv slash mindgameswell and otherwise thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show hello and welcome to the ask wellen show episode 158 today we are going to talk about how to improve your macro when your team sucks which is a big problem that everybody has um also is everything physical renoops asks uh, a question about biological psychology tips for unlocking and freeing up your mind for creativity um, how it is that you should develop yourself if you're already doing what you feel like is really good study and, and meditation and mindfulness, then what is it that you do with that stuff to incorporate those principles into your life? And the final question will be a bonus question to make you stick around for the end. Okay, thank you for coming and attending and, and welcome to the show. My name is Weldon and this is the Ask Weldon Show. I am a sports psychology trainer and I work in esports. I work with pro esport teams and pro esport players to help them essentially uh, maximize and optimize their game. And so most of the questions on the show are related to sport psychology or esport psychology or performance. Also League of Legends. I happen to be a League of Legends coach. You can submit questions for the show on anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. You can find the link for that down below. Anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. And you can also come to the show live. And you can watch me record this and you can chat before and after and ask your own questions in chat. That is at twitch.tv slash mindgameswelden. We have a great audience there who is currently watching. Hello, guys. All right. Any announcements? Any announcements? Any announcements? Not much has happened since yesterday. The fact that I do this show every single day means that, uh, you know, announcements are few and far between. I am relaunching my email list. So in about 14 days... We're going to kick off the, the Mind Games email list again. That's found at mindgames.gg tools. If you subscribe now, you will be subscribed, but you will not get any emails yet until I relaunch that. So make sure to check it out if you are interested in reading about 
esport esport content um, or any of this stuff kind of like on a, on a weekly basis. I basically send out a, a weekly digest. That is, that is the plan to get started with an update email. And then we'll be sending out, you know, written formula. So if you like written more than you like what you're watching right now, which seems unlikely since here you are on YouTube, make sure to check that out. Okay, let's just jump right into the show. First question is from LS. Not really. It's from a guy who sounds just like LS. Oh, you know what? I didn't uh, unmute you desktop audio so that you guys can hear this question. All right, let's try it again. I want to be able to see... Hi, Weldon. When I play League of Legends, especially when I'm playing in solo queue without my friends, uh, sometimes my team makes some serious macro blunders, such as a good example happened to me yesterday. I was with a team. We were ahead. Uh, We had just killed four people on the enemy team, so we turned around to Baron. By the time we had finished Baron, their team was closing in on the Baron pit. And two of our teammates, myself included, backed off and backed, and the other three of my teammates, instead of backing, which they had plenty of time to do, decided to engage. And they ended up throwing the game. Uh, in this situation, uh, what can I do at this point in time to focus on improving? And what, what kind of mindset can I take into these situations to further improve my own ability to play the game? All right, so... LS here, or secretly LS, or not not actually LS, but guy who sounds exactly like LS. Um, he asks a really important nuance of the question at the end, which is, what can I do to further improve my ability to play the game? Okay, and that is the way you need to think about this. How can I improve my ability to further play the game? So there's three things that can happen there, right? Your backing. You know the correct decision after taking Baron is to, if you have time, is to back purchase, redeploy with your Baron buff, and take maximum amount of objectives, okay? Uh, you by, by controlling the wave. Sometimes it's necessary or important to, to take one wave before you back in order to, for example, get top pushing. But usually it's better to bat, base, come out and do that than it is to go and do it right away. Um, just generally speaking, it's like 90% of the time, you know, the best option, especially if you take it as five. Okay, so uh, then you're in this position that, that LS is in, um, secretly LS. I don't even know his real name. His, his, he changed all his tags to secretly LS now. So, uh, I'll just call you Nick. So the thing that Nick needs to do, um, please tell me your name. So I, I don't call you by the wrong name. You have, you have two things that you could do. Okay. So number one, you know that it's the right thing to do to back, but you see that that's not going to happen. So you need to support your team for the fight because you're going to lose the game if you back and they die. And so you're just going to have an excuse. You're be like, well, we lost the game because they threw. No, you lost the game because your team was fighting and you backed. Like, that is objectively what happened, okay? Whether or not your backing was, was the right call, well, okay, that was the right call at the time when you were deciding to back. But several seconds later, when your team started looking like they were going to fight, it stopped being the best call. The best call was instead to group with your team. Does that make sense? So the best macro call changes based on the um, lack of inhibitions of your teammates. And this happens in pro play as well. 
you have to be adaptable as a pro because the best call in the situation might change frantically if, for example, your AD carry gets one shot and then the best call in the situation might not happen anymore. Um, for example, AD carries often have to, you know, stay safe, but a lot of times in game winning situations, the best call in the situation is to dump as much damage onto a squishy as possible while risking your own life and trading HP in response. So you have to be able to kind of like make those immediate changes in, in terms of knowing what the correct macro is and at the same time choosing not to do it because you don't want to like just straight up lose the game there you support the team okay the other thing you can do is you can see it as a failure in leadership you can say like if i was the best leader in the world i could have gotten everybody together to back after this okay so start from that premise start from the premise if i was the best leader in the entire world i could have gotten them to do the correct macro decision okay now assuming that i was that leader how would i have done that Okay, well, maybe you can think of like, how soon did I know we were going to need a back there? Let's back up all the way to, we get the pick. Okay, so now I know we're going to do Baron, and then we're going to want to back as five. Okay, so, or I want to prep their mind that we should be backing as five. So maybe that that'll happen. Okay, so then you can start communication, right? And you can start talking to each player. You can think like, who would be the person on this team who would like wander off the most? Who do I really need to control? Who's the visual leader? You know, how do we get the body language right? Um, you can try to be the first one to start the back so that the body language is communicated well. You know, you can be you can be talking to them continuously. You can be pinging the base. You can, there's all of these things you might think the best leader in the world would do. And you can try to implement as many of them as humanly possible and try to get that to happen with your team. And maybe the theory, your hypothesis, will eventually be proven false. Like maybe if you were the best leader in the world, you could not have possibly gotten this team to back altogether after Baron, in which case, you know, play lots more games and hope that uh, hope that you get better teams. All right, that was that question. Thanks. Thanks for asking. All right, next question is from Renoops. Renoops. Nope, not that. That's not the question. Okay. Come on, question. Where are you? There you are. Hey, Weldon. I had a biological psychology professor in the second semester of my freshman year of college that said that the current standings in the world of psychology, or at least biological psychology, is that everything is physical, including our thought. I was wondering what your stance is on this and how it might apply to eSport. Thanks. Okay. I don't know if I was echoing there. Test, test, test. Nope. All right. Is everything physical? Yes. So there's this movement that I am fully behind in the American Psychological Association, which is looking at the DM, uh, the the diagnosis manual for psychology, this version that we're on, and seeing that we're on a slippery slope. We're on a slippery slope where like everything is becoming a condition because everything is psychological. So when things are psychological, you know, you have these things that become conditions like phobias, etc. You take phobias to the natural extent. You have people who are scared of like their shadow. And then you have people who are scared of the thought of their shadow. And then you have people who are scared of the thought of thinking about their shadow. And then, and then there's a, there's a condition for that. And then there's a name for that. And then soon there's drugs for that, right? Despite the fact that there might not be zero physical evidence that we can find for that phobia. Um, so this slippery slope is a really kind of dangerous thing in in science. There's been a number of 
there's been a number, and by that I mean like two or three, meta-analyses that have shown that the rate of new conditions that are diagnosable in, in the diagnosis manual is climbing at the same level that kind of indicates astrological sciences and things like that. Like new things are being discovered in psychology that are, that are not conforming to the rate of scientific discovery in other fields on average, which means that we're entering the realm of astrology and other things that are not science. And so that is very concerning for the field at large and also uh, begs the question, how is it that we create diagnoses in psychology? How is it that we create new conditions? And the answer that a lot of people are suggesting and that I fully am behind is that everything is physical. Um, maybe we cannot yet measure certain phobias or, or diagnoses or, or conditions, and that's a bad thing. But as the technology to measure things in the brain increases, we can get behind the idea that everything is physical. We can find that every diagnosis should be based on like a physical measurement or a physical discovery or a physical uh, you know, finding of some sort. Now, this is true for, for diagnoses and it's important for diagnoses because with those come the use of chemical drugs to intervene. And the effect of those on, on, on the brain is the primary reason that they're used. So, um, I think that most, yeah, I think, I think that a lot of biological psychologists are, are going to get behind this movement. I think the APA is starting to support it. I don't remember, uh, this was a couple years ago that I last checked in on it, so I don't really know what the state of the industry is right now, but I think that it would be, yeah, I think that it would be a passable thing. I think that it would be a shame because there will be a lot of people who, there are a lot of people who have things wrong with them that either are completely psychological, meaning there's no physical basis at all. So there's there's not really anything wrong with them, you know, psychologically. They're like a normal functioning human, uh, a, a, sorry, an average functioning human, neurotypical we call it. Neurotypical functioning human, they're within the range of neurotypical, but they just are not very well adjusted, right? They still need therapy. Like you still need therapy. Um, you just don't necessarily need drugs because there's not much to fix physically. Uh, yeah, so I think that I think that there'll be a lot of people who are very frustrated because they feel like there's something wrong with them and they want an answer and they want that label and they want to say like, oh, it's not me. It's this thing and that's what's wrong and it's not me. But personally, and this is a little bit of harsh love, right? Personally, I think that actually it is you and you don't need to blame it on something else um, in order to escape that reality. I think you need to like forgive yourself and practice that forgiveness and understand that just because it is you, just because it's not some physical condition doing it to you, just because it is you that's doing it to yourself, doesn't mean that it's your fault. Like the world can cause you to have very badly developed psyche. And it's not your fault if society, you know, if you're raised with a single drug-addicted parent who abused you and then you had to raise your siblings who were also being abused at the same time, like, you know, in a, in a threatening environment. Like, that's not your fault. And the psyches that result from that, whether or not they physic have a physical basis, are not necessarily your fault, even though some of them are just you doing it to yourself and some of them are have a physical foundation, if that makes sense.
So yeah, I think everything's physical. And that includes, of course, choking. And when I was having this conversation with Mike Young on TSM, uh, and we were talking about, he's like, okay, so how is it that, and I'm not asserting that he's choking in any way. And there's no way to know that, right? Because I wasn't actually watching his training in his, in his stage game. So you can't tell. He could have just been not good enough. Or he could have been just playing fine and the team wasn't good enough. Okay, these things are... are uh, or it could have been that the other jungler was objectively better, you know, when going for those uh, activities. Or there's this inherent luck base, right? So there could be luck bias behind it as well. But anyway, the fact of the matter is there is a physical basis for choking. Like, we, can, we know what it is and we're able to explain it. Um, and so also when I work in psychology, within teams and within esports, every single thing that I do is fundamentally physically based. And I make sure of that when I do my work. Okay, thanks for the question. That was a really good one. Uh, although it was probably uninteresting for a majority of the re listeners, it is very fascinating for me. Okay, and now we get into the anchor questions, you guys. I'm really excited about this. First one is going to be from Thomas. Oh, shoot, I forgot to unmute the desktop. Hi, Weldon. Thomas here. Um, in a previous episode, or maybe the previous episode, if you happen to answer this question tomorrow, um, you talked about um, a competitive mindset versus creativity and how a competitive mindset can inhibit creativity. And that was something that I found really insightful, but I wanted to follow up that question with asking if you have any tips for unlocking or freeing up your mind for creativity um, and kind of promoting a creative mindset in that sense. Uh, in my case, especially in terms of creative writing. Okay, this is a hard question. Um, I do not think that there is a secret answer to this. When I worked with uh, creative writers on unlocking their mindset, a lot of it was about uh, getting out of their way and removing barriers, okay? So there's a number of barriers that prevent you from getting into the creative mode. Let's call it a mode, okay, instead of a mindset. And uh, the first thing is the decision of whether or not to produce, right? So take away the decision of whether or not to produce. Just be like, um, I am going to write, and I'm going to write every single day, and I'm going to get up at this time, or I'm going to discipline myself to do it here or there, and I'm going to produce exactly this amount. And when you get into the mode of, of like taking away the decision of whether or not you produce something, you allow yourself to just automatically just start producing. And then the second thing that I had them remove as a barrier was the editing of their, of their production. So we have permission to like throw away stuff, you know, they just have to get it out, right? So then all of a sudden, you don't, you aren't judging and editing as you're producing, you're just producing, and then you can use it later. So you separate the editing process and the and the production process completely so that you have absolute freedom from other people's opinions, sure. But then you want also absolute freedom from your own inner critic. And that's another thing that you have to kind of remove. All right, so and then think of other barriers that are basically standing between you and like pure production. And a lot of it has to do with... Uh, so there are things about emotional state, right? Like joy and things like that. But the problem is that people are relying on those as creative muses. When in reality, the mood of creative output is, is, a, is a mental mode. Okay? Like I said, physical basis. Uh, and, so, and so you can get there without the configuration of emotions through the environment. And so you don't need music. You don't need a gorgeous lake. You don't need, um, you know... Well, you do kind of need free space and freedom from deadlines. 
but you can also have freedom from deadlines if you're not behind on a deadline or the deadline's not going to happen for an hour. You can put it off if you have the mental strength to free yourself from that deadline for that hour. So meditation is another way to essentially allow yourself to push away thoughts that do not belong in this creative zone that normally people use things like vacations and lake houses and caffeine and music to do this escapism from other worries. You can actually force your brain to do it if you condition and train your brain for um, this kind of like this kind of thought avoidance, right? Thought stoppage and and, and trajectory change, and that is essentially a practice that you that you can do in meditation. You can take that directly into your creative writing moments. Uh, and then the other thing that that you want to take away is the decision about what to write about, right? So I always encourage people to to or what we would do is we would create different variations of tasks to keep the brain entertained and to challenge it, right? To challenge the brain by putting restrictions on what you're doing. So restrictions are actually restrictions, strangely enough, in the creative in creative mood or the creative mode allow you more freedom, okay? Because they push you more into creativity because they ask you to overcome a challenge. You have to put a restriction that is like at the limit of your ability that you have to strive for. And then um, and then you have to like tackle it as a challenge to overcome. And then it is in the process of that flow state of like trying to overcome this challenge, which is, which, which is possible for you to do and you know it's possible, but you have to put effort into it, that you come up with different tools that are innovative to get around to get over hurdles to more rapidly get to the challenge. It's in the in our tasks that we give ourselves, which are near impossible, not for other people, but for ourselves, that we unlock a creative solution to a problem. Because if we could just do the standard thing, we would just do the standard thing, right? So if you go in every single day and you're like, I'm going to do the standard thing, you're not necessarily going to challenge yourself to that extent. And then again, there's this rest and recovery period where you you kind of can't challenge yourself to that extreme and get into that flow state every single day. So you need to make that a cyclical process where you give yourself space and relaxation and then you give yourself the stress of this challenge and and you strive to overcome it. Of course, there are some people that try to get into that every single day, but I think that, that that's something you need to work up to. All right, thanks for the question. That was a very fun question. Drives me back into a time when I was teaching creative writing at the university. All right, next question is from Bojan. Good morning, well and green. My name is Bojan van Dinteren. I'm from Holland. Um, I've got a rather big question. Last month, I bought uh, your Mac program. I'm really into it. I love it. It's amazing. I'm at module five. I actually do it every day because in the video I heard you say, I don't expect people to <laughs> do this daily, but uh, I'm just too motivated to, to grow personally and to uh, apply everything in-game. But the question is, I do feel like even though I'm in week 5, module 5, I'm not applying everything of your Mac program as I should. Um, is there any way that I could uh, evolve in using your Mac program inside or outside of the game, even though I'm fully participating and I'm 100% down with doing a program daily. Thanks. Bye-bye. 
All right. So this is a really great question because it revolves around the idea of how is it that you essentially test yourself daily? So you have these mental resilience activities that you're doing. You're trying to build yourself up to a, a more disciplined and resilient person. And and you want to be able to experiment and 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 push those limits and train them and practice them. Okay. So how do you do that? How do you take that out of that, you know, one hour training period and, and into the rest of your life? And the answer is really, really, uh, I think, simple. You use every single task that you're doing as a as a tester for your limits and your capabilities. All right. So here's an example that I like to use. After the show, I'm going to go to the gym. You can follow along with me on Snapchat and Instagram, by the way. And at the gym, I'm going to do yoga. And yoga is a way that I see of inducing pain within my body that is um, that I can push against, right? So the biggest question in yoga is how long and how deeply can you press against pain before you give up? And that determines your progress with this craft. And so for essentially 20, 25 minutes, I'm going to be causing myself such pain as is unendurable and I have to stop. And I'm going to be doing it basically every single position. And I'm going to be going to the limit of my ability, to the limit of where my pain is. And I'm going to be holding that position for as long as I can endure it. And if I can endure it more than five breaths, it's probably not painful enough. And I should have pushed farther. And if I can't endure it five breaths, then I have to find a way to get up to that fifth breath, right? I have to push through it. And and this essentially is a way that I use to to, to practice my Mac program every single day, right? The, the, the discipline of physical movement not in response to psychological sensation. Okay, so I'm sensing something and it's going to my brain and I'm choosing to ignore it and I'm choosing to do a different action instead, right? And pain is one of the most emotional pain, sure, but physical pain is one of the most conditioned responses that we have. So that's that's just one example, okay? Another one is with my parenting, which I failed utterly at yesterday. So if my kids are watching this in 10 years, I'm so sorry about last night. But um, but basically, you know, I have this emotional pain, right, and these power struggles, and I and I want to not have the response that I'm having, and have it having an elevated response. So then I'm thinking like, what should that response be? And I'm striving to feel the emotional pain and let it happen, and allow it to want to influence me, not avoid it, and at the same time, do the like the correct thing, right, or the thing that is most conducive to psychological growth and child development. Okay, so. Those are two simple ways that throughout the day I'm always testing that system. Okay, and you can you can if you brainstorm, you can come up with other ways of testing that system. You can think about when you're walking, you can attempt to uh, hit maximum pace, you know, or maintain something that you cannot otherwise maintain. You can think about it when you're studying. Every single time you have a distracting thought that enters your mind, every single time you have a sense that like, oh, I want to, I want to break off from here, you you pull back into full focus. You can think about it when you're doing sports. Am I fully here? Am I 100% present? Am I only here? You can tell if you sprain your ankle that you're not because you missed some signals. I'm not blaming people who've, who've sprained their ankles um, because I think sometimes that's unavoidable. But it's true that after mindfulness training, in, in some pro soccer teams, like injury rates go down drastically, drastically. Um, and this is because people are paying attention. They're there. They're present, right? Um, you can do it with your relationships when you're in a conversation. Am I fully here? 
Am I, am I, is my mind running off? Or am I thinking things that I want to say to justify my own self-effacing persona? Or am I listening to this person and am I responding to them without any identity or ego or id? Um, it, you know, is, is my response genuine and authentic in terms of how the, the Mac program would, for example, condition it? So these are the ways that you can test yourself. Now, my favorite one and the number one one for this channel is through eSport. You're in the game. Uh, you are, do you have a goal? Are you focused on it? Are you are you leading your teammates? Are you invested in everything? Are you pushing yourself beyond what you can do in the game? If you're not, you're just playing a game. You're doing escapism. If you are, you're training transferables and social and emotional skills in yourself that you will deploy in other areas of your life. And that is the secret to having this strong motivation to play a game like this is to use that motivation that you have to play this game for a force of good in your life. For a a source for you to train and hone these skills. And the more motivation you have, the better. Uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday who told me that when he was playing World of Warcraft and he wasn't didn't want to stay up late, he would get up at 4 in the morning in order to, in order to um, do instances with his Singaporean guild. And, uh, and that level of motivation that you have to do something like that, to hone yourself in at getting up at 4 a.m. to like play a game, that is a powerful emotion and you can use it to train yourself in these mental skills as well and condition yourself in them and then you can take those skills outside of the game or the esport you're doing and you can use them to be you know a better person in other areas of your life and and then it's just not it's not just like a waste of time sitting there to play a game anymore which is which is i think an amazing outcome. And just in case you were wondering, the thing he was talking about, the Mac program is available for you. Use the code AskWeldon to get your $5 discount. He basically described it. It's a video course. It's the stuff that I do with the pro teams that um, is the program that I essentially adapted for eSport, but it is it is in video form on, on a website. And if you purchase it now, we're honing in on version four. Okay, this is version three. We're honing in on version four. It's in development right now. If you purchase right now, since I launched this program several years ago until now, it has been fully grandfathered in. So everything that you're just in, like you, you pay the price once, you get it for life. You get every single upgraded version for life, always. All the content I put into it, all the future development I do to it, everything um, is included within that. It's kind of like the early adopter program, right? The early adopter program is ending after version three. At some point in the next few months when we're close to releasing version four, I'm going to shut this off and we're going to put everybody who owns it into version four and we're going to do the beta test. And at that point, we'll probably turn on some sort of uh, different pricing model because it's going to be an app. And so it needs a different pricing model to survive, right? Because as it is, I can maintain this myself for free. I, like I don't have to pay anything or do anything. Uh, and so I can, you know, it could cost nothing and, and I could keep sustaining it uh, or it could bring in no new revenue and I could keep sustaining it for everybody who's in it, right? But then when it's an app, things are going to break, right? As devices upgrade, as things upgrade, as the internet upgrades, like the app is going to need programming and stuff like that. And so I'm going to, the pricing model is going to change. It's not going to be this one price forever grandfathered in. So now is your chance if you are ever thinking of purchasing this in history. It's the best time to get into the early adopter program. Make sure at least to check it out, put it on your radar and uh, and. And if you're listening on the podcast, that would be mindgames.gg slash M-A-C is the URL that everybody is seeing. Okay, last question, you guys.
Hello Weldon, I've been following you since a couple of weeks and I've been liking a lot your content. So I actually wanted to ask you about playing League again. The thing is that I had a lot of problems the last year and I was playing League around, well, pretty much all time. And finally, at the end of the year, I started to fix it, all, fixing all that problems. And now I have difficulties when I want to play League again. I'm in a game and I'm not able to focus or I just get really, really bored and want to leave the game immediately. So, I mean, I, I suppose it's kind of a mental association or something like that. Well, thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, Daniel, for the last question. All right. So this is like you want to play League and you desire to play League. Then you get into the game and you're actually bored and you're unfocused and you don't care. Okay. So I believe that this is like a really good sign of, of one of two things. The first sign is that maybe you're a bit addicted because you really want this sensation and you have an expectation for this sensation that you want to capture and then you go there and it's not there or it's not giving it to you and so you're kind of checked out, right? You you need the hit. And then after you get the hit, you're like, oh, that wasn't everything that it was baked out to be. Um, ha, did you get that? Baked out to be. Anyway, that wasn't everything that it was cut out to be. Uh, and so I would, I would say like the first thing that you need to tackle is that pre- League of Legends, like instead of tackling getting bored at the game, assume that you're over League and tackle that pre-League assumption that is making you, forcing you to play again. Because if you can get bored of that, then you can finally quit, right? If you're bored of the game, then the only reason you're in here is because that expectation and that hype and that excitement and that hit that you want from beforehand still exists. The habits where you're like, I, I just automatically open the client. I just automatically log in. I just dive into the game. Or the investment that you've made where you're like, I've spent years getting to this rank, I have to play. Then you get in and you're like, oh, this is so boring though. All right. So you have to abandon those preconceptions and, and just do something else with your time. And you have to condition your mind not to obey that emotional need that you have to like get the game to fulfill it. Okay, so that's case one. That could be what you're going through, Daniel. And in, in which case you should... Uh, probably take a break, a forced break, in order to see if it's the pregame hit that you're really conditioned to. You just want that, like, that moment. Okay. The other thing could be that, like, you you are, let's say you're, let's let's say that you're you're in a different situation, and you're like, no, I know that I want to play league. It is my dream. Like, I go through these motivational cycles. I I'm you know focused on the game. I'm focused on improving. I'm using this to improve myself in my life. I'm aiming to go pro. You know, or I'm I'm aiming to be a coach or whatever it is. So I need to play, and I and I have high motivation, and then I have low motivation, and then I'm gonna have high motivation again. But right now, I'm bored when I'm in the game and I'm losing focus because I'm playing too much. You know, when it's just like uh, I don't know what to do. Okay, so you you. You have to, there's there's two ways to get around this, okay? One is hacks and one is training. One is real and one is like tricking the brain. Uh, I reverse the order of those. So one is hacks and one is training. One is tricking the brain and one is real. 
Okay, so I want you to do both because it's really important to do hacks. If you think of, if you've ever listened to podcasts, things like the Tim Ferriss podcast is a podcast full of hacks. And things like the Michael Gervais Finding Mastery podcast is full of training. Okay, so essentially hacks are things that you do to try to manipulate your emotions to try to make yourself want to do something. So you're going to want to like play less a little bit. Um, You're going to want to, uh, you know, have little mini goals when you go into the game. You're going to want to uh, try to push yourself and give yourself a challenge so that you're excited about the game again. You're going to want to try new champions so that that's exciting. You want to play with friends. so You have a social aspect. You're going to want to find all sorts of ways to make you want to want it. Okay, and and pull all the levers in terms of the hacks. Then there is the reality, which is, well, sometimes you're going to walk on stage and you're going to, you're going to choke, or you're going to walk into training and you're not going to want to be there. That's just going to be the case. And all the hacks that you've done in your life to get to the point where you are to try to get that excitement didn't work. And now here you are and you have to perform on this stage or you have to get this training in. And that's when you need actual mental resilience and mental focus. You need the ability to control your attention, which is an ability, which means it can be trained. It's not a talent. Controlling your attention is not a talent. You don't have it or not have it from birth or genetics. Controlling your attention is an ability. It can be learned and unlearned. It can be honed and unhoned. It can be trained. And the way that you train it is you force yourself to pay attention. You take your attention from wherever it is and you drag it over to where you want it to be. And you say, stay. And then it wanders off and you drag it back. And you say, stay. And it wanders off and you drag it back and you say, stay. And you realize the skill that you need is not to keep the attention stayed. It's the, it's the skill to go and drag it and wander back. Dra- go and find it for wandering off and drag it back. And this is challenging, right? Because it'd be nice if we could just sit back and relax and be like, my attention is staying. Yes. Oh, that's what every parent wants to do. They want to say, hey, their kid's in bed. Or like, hey, my dog is just sitting there and relaxing, right? But it turns out stuff isn't like that. It's going to wander off. You're going to have bad days and good days. You're going to, you know, your dog is going to poop on the floor. And, and even though you've trained it a million times to poop outside um, and, and your attention is going to leave. And the skill that you really need is to forgive yourself for that. Forgive your dog for that. Forgive yourself for not training your dog to do that, for failing. And then you need to go and, and pull it back. You need to be good at the retrieval of your attention and the dragging it back to the place because that's the thing you're going to have to do over and over and over and over again, right? Um, you're going to have to be good at cleaning up the poop or just putting your kid back in bed, not worrying about it. All right. That is the answer to that question. I hope it was useful. I hope that it garnered some sort of insight for you. If it wasn't, ask again and have another tact. That empties my anchor queue. So you guys, I need you guys to ask questions for tomorrow's show. Please check out this anchor.fm slash Weldon Green channel. You can so easily submit call-in questions for the show. It makes your voice sound incredible. The app is just amazing. It's anchor.fm. You don't even need to use the app. I think you can even call in shows through the web page now. They released a web app as well. Just really, really recommend that you check it out. It's the coolest way to listen to audio and podcasts, and it is the best way to get on the show right now is to go to anchor.fm slash Green. 100% if you submit a question for tomorrow's show, or this week, you're probably going to get in, right? Because I just emptied the queue. We're done. We're out of Discord questions. We're out of Twitter questions. We're out of Anchor questions. This is it. This is your chance. Go and fill it up. You will be on the show almost 100%. And if you sound like any ex-pro or sound like any current pro, um, 
make sure that you pretend to be them when you call in so that I'm befuddled and excited for a moment before I realize it's a fake and then we can all have fun with the question anyway. All right, guys. That's the show for today. Make sure you subscribe and like this video and I will catch you tomorrow with the next version of the Ask Weld Show. All right, that's the show for you today. Thank you so much. And I wanted to remind you guys that you can check out where this podcast is hosted at anchor.fm slash weldandgreen. So if you're catching it online or you're catching it in an awkward place, you can subscribe to it uh, using any sort of podcast you know, caster of your choice. And also you can actually use the Anchor app to listen to it as well. And remember, those of you on the podcast, please, if you're going to check out the Mac program, mindgames.gg slash MAC, use the code podcast. Don't use the code AskWeldon that I promote during the show because I want to know that you're coming from here and not from, from YouTube. And so you can use the code podcast and you'll actually get a $6 discount instead of $5 discount. So you get one more dollar off. And that's just to kind of like make sure you use the right code so that uh, I know where you're coming from and where you're listening from. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you guys tomorrow.